0: more successful and fulfilled life. Get listening, take action and unleash your inner confidence.
1: Hello listeners, thank you very much for joining the Confidence Mastery podcast. I am your host Natalie Bailey. I am very excited for this episode this week. I mean I know I'm always excited but this is a special kind of episode. Uh, It is A recording of one of our online mentoring sessions with two of our um, Gerald Ratner and Friends group, and we talk about dealing with stress, um, burying your head in the sand, how things are hard, and also looking at your messaging, how to tweak things to bring in the right audience. We talk about building business, and we really get into how to make your life better, Um, It's a really great conversation um, with our online mentoring where we help people to overcome their issues, overcome their challenges. And I think that you'll get a lot from this, from Gerald and I, gives you an insight also into how we work together and how we help people and the kinds of topics that we can talk about. So we meet every Thursday morning at 10am UK time. And if you want to find out more after listening to this episode, just go to GeraldRatner.com and you'll see more about what we do, how we do it. And at the moment, it is just £47 a month, or you can join annually and get two months free. So I hope that you enjoy this episode and you take some stuff away from you and things that you can implement into your own business, into your own life in order to improve your current situation and really tackle things head on. So thank you once again for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. If you've got any questions, any queries, please do feel free to email team at nataliearabella.com or send me a message on any of the social media platforms um, that are available. You just have to search Natalie Arabella Bailey and I will be there. So once again, enjoy. Thanks for listening.
2: But I was listening to Arnold Schwarzenegger um, and he's saying that every morning he has a routine. He gets up, he feeds his animals, he has two dogs, a cat, and a pig, strangely enough. And um, I won't make a joke at that point. And uh, anyway, he's <laughs> saying that's his wife. No, it's not. He's uh, got a lovely wife.
3: I don't even know if the Seven Tools for Life book you're reading at the minute.
2: Yeah, he's brought out this book. Yeah, i just um, started listening to it. I've got a lot of time for him, actually. he He's actually spot on with a lot. Of, I mean, what a success he's made of his life. Phenomenal. In fact, he would have been president of the USA, but he can't be because he wasn't born in the USA. Otherwise, yeah. he would have been definitely because he's adored. But anyway, he said he gets up at the crack of dawn. Uh, he has a routine where he feeds the animals and then he gets on a bike and he cycles to the gym where he does a walk, workout for 40 minutes. Um, and then when he cycles back, he says the difference is when I'm cycling to the gym, everything's in black and white. And when I'm cycling back, everything's in color. So, you know, people don't go to the gym purely so they look great on the beach and their physique. It's so much a mental thing that he starts his day and he just feels so much better. And um, it's annoying because we know how we can feel better, but we don't always do it. Because Natalie was just saying about this um, Wembley thing event uh, where somebody stopped drinking um, because then they turn their right their life around they would one of the speakers persuaded them that you know you shouldn't be drinking if you want to be successful and um you do you know alcohol is a depressant um exercise is the opposite we know what we should do but there's so many temptations out there that we don't always do it i mean i know that when i did sober october i felt fantastic i'm now doing I don't know what the expression is for drinking November, November, uh, naughty <laughs> November or something, but I, uh, not that I'm a heavy drinker, but I'd feel nowhere near as good as I did in October. But do I want to go through Christmas and not drink and stuff like that? I don't know. Anyway, but so I just want to talk about, um, I'm not going to talk about the autumn uh, statement yesterday, because as you know, my view is that it's not about, what the government do it's about what we do and they talk about growth like we all share this growth of half a percent or one percent you know that's bollocks i mean some of us are doubling last year's turnover some of us are half that's our growth uh this thing like we all go forward together with growth you know minus minus 0.3 percent it's just uh, absolute nonsense and it's all got to do with what we achieve and how we run our businesses and very little to do with what the government does but what i would say in passing is why have they given my pension an eight and a half percent increase and a lot of other wealthy pensioners why are we getting a big which costing the government an absolute fortune why are so many wealthy people getting this money when they don't want it and also got a 250 pound allowance coming through the post for something or other too ridiculous anyway I actually want to talk about blockbusters. Does anybody remember blockbusters or you're too young?
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) Yes. Right. Good. Well, because you had to, um, if you wanted to take out a video and it wasn't that long ago, about 20 years ago, you had to go to the shop, drive to the local shop. You had to choose a video and then you had to queue up and then uh, you didn't get a preview of it or anything like that. And then you had to drive home and watch it. And then you had to go back the following day uh, or you'd be fined. Um, so that's four journeys to get this one video. Um, and often you had to rewind it as well because somebody who would hired it before I hadn't bothered to rewind it. So you were halfway through the film. Um, now we've got a choice of a thousand, thousands of videos or films instantly. Um, But Blockbuster was very, very successful in the 90s. They were opening shops every 24 hours. It's the fastest growing business. And actually, strange enough, when Netflix started, uh, you know, the internet started at the turn of the century, whatever it was, and they then took on this model of streaming films and videos, they went to see Blockbusters and they said, you know, people will not be renting videos for much longer. They'll be so simple to just, Download them on your computer or watch them on your computer, and we can do it for you. We can do it for for Blockbusters um, if you buy us out. Some young guys who ran Netflix and Blockbusters said, "How much do you think we should pay you?" And they said fifty million. And the bosses of Blockbusters laughed them out the room. They absolutely—they were all multi-millionaires—and they said to Netflix, "You must be mad." And they just laughed them out. Um, So, and we all know what happened after that. So the footnote to this, apart from how quickly things change and what it's going to be like in twenty years' time, because one thing I don't know what it'll be, but one thing is for sure, we won't be uh, consuming entertainment in the same way that we're doing today, just like we are not twenty years ago. Um, but the, the 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 strange thing is that do we enjoy the way we can consume um, entertainment more? than when we had to drive down to Blockbusters. Strangely enough, not really. There's not huge, uh, we are so much happier because it's so much easier because things are never make you happy because they they come easier. Um, it was a bit of an event to, to get, it was a special thing. You drove down, you had the family, you all watched it. It's not like today, we all watch it separately. We all watched it together, got the video, had the popcorn or whatever. It was, a, it was like a thing on a Saturday night. Um, now it's just all too easy and when things are too easy um, you don't really appreciate them Um, you have to make an effort I think you know um, we only get pleasure annoyingly it's annoying that this is the case but we only get pleasure um, from achieving things that are difficult that we have to make an effort and then we get the pleasure that we we succeeded that's why reading a book is much more pleasurable than looking at our phones because you have to use your brain a bit you have to make an effort to imagine what the characters are like. Um, Winning over a difficult customer, you've managed to to sell them something and they were really difficult. You feel so much better that you've managed to get over the problem of dealing with them, whereas with with an easy customer, you don't get that pleasure. And I've always said cycling up a hill, (laughs) go back to that old chestnut again, it's always more pleasurable than just going down a hill. And um, that, that's the thing. Um, it is, it, we can easily take the easy option. We can easily um, not go to the gym. We can easily drink a bottle of wine. Those are easy things. But in the end, it's the one—the the, the things that are not particularly attractive at the time. The fact that, strangely enough, are the ones that you're going to get more pleasure out of than the easy options. So that's... Uh,
1: it's very true.
2: Yeah. it is annoying
1: it is annoying and all of the hard stuff that you don't appreciate in the time in the moment it's like why is this hard why you know asking that question all of the time why is this happening to me rather than thinking that like it, changing that to say why is this happening for me and what what lessons am i taking from this hard stuff and how much more appreciative am i going to be from the lessons that i'm i'm learning so I know, I mean, we struggle with so many things and life is hard. Business is hard. And accepting that it's hard makes it a little bit easier. Um, but if it was easy, everyone would do it. And we're not everyone.
2: But a lot of us spend our lives trying to avoid confronting difficult situations. And funnily enough, by avoiding it, it makes it more difficult than confronting it. When you confront something like Giving up alcohol or going to them. It's not it's not that difficult as it turns out.
1: It's avoiding
2: it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, burying your head in the sand and not facing things is not the way to see results. If you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. I mean probably that rolled off the tongue that time.
2: (laughs) No, sometimes you don't want to look, you know, open up your bills, look at your bank statement. You just you don't want to confront it because it's just uh, depressing. But um...
1: you have to know where you're at in order to know where to how to get to where you want to get to. So if you don't know what your current situation is, like your income, your bills, what, what, what's the figure, for example, what is going out? What do you need coming in so that that's all covered? And then you, you know where you're at and what you can do to increase the income, for example setting those goals and having deadlines and saying, okay, I know that this is coming out, that's coming out. The
2: question always is, how do I make my money? Yeah, but you want sometimes you feel like you want to this escapism of living in cloud cuckoo land that everything's hunky dory. Um just pretending. It's amazing how many people do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot lot of people do that. We redid this recently, income outgoings, um and then the want bit what What else do I need money for, and all of the other stuff I want to do is an extra four and a half grand a month, so just make more money
2: yeah. well it's uh, you know it's difficult actually taking on debt, uh which you have to I've always believed that you have to do to be successful, but a lot of people will will are afraid of debt because mm. they think you know. That it could have dire consequences, which of course it can. But that's the tightrope that we all walk, because unless we do take on debt, we're not going to be able to um, expand our businesses and acquire sure. things. But, but such, it's, it's terrifying, good debt, isn't there? Yeah. So, what do you think, Helen?
4: What do I think? So, yeah, there's some some little finger pokes there. That yeah. thing about you know. Not burying your head in the sand, that's something I did for years and it I'm only just like coming out of it now. So that was like a sort of finger poke hearing that again, but it's true. And you know, you do get more pleasure, like you said, um doing the things that are hard. And then after a while it sort of starts becoming an addiction. So you think, I wanna do that instead. That's going to be my norm now, instead of running away and hiding my head in the sand. And the more you do it, the more it becomes a cycle. And it's almost like you start looking forward to those challenges instead.
2: Yeah, I'm 74 and I don't have a checkup because I don't want to know. (laughs) I don't want to get the bad news. So I just avoid it all. Yeah. You know, I don't want to have a prostate thing and then tell me this and that, or I don't want to have... uh, you can have go to these companies where you can have a full medical and stuff like that. And I know people that saved their lives. Um They've caught cancer very early. The fellow that uh, bought my house and yeah. uh, it saved lifespan or life scan or something He went to in Reading. It saved his life. They discovered it, but I don't want to go down there.
4: No, but do you, do you feel good though?
2: Yes. That's the thing.
4: If, yeah, if, if I he... started
2: feeling ill, yeah. Um, I would be I would go to the doctors, there's no question. If I start having or things like, you know, symptoms of losing weight or going to the loo at odd times or feeling ill or having a pain, I would be there. But yeah. I do a lot of exercise and walking and cycling. Yeah. Uh, and I eat well. Mm-hmm. I, but nevertheless, my friends check do do checkups because they they face they've got the balls to face um, you know bad news or whatever it is or to face the facts if you like um, I don't.
1: I do that differently I do testing to see how I can improve like blood test hormone levels vitamins etc and thinking okay am I deficient in anything I never am everything's off the chart and um, but I'm always thinking what's that Little bit extra, how can I improve that little bit extra? What, how does my body function? Is there something that I can be eating or doing or taking? Like, give me all the drugs, the good ones, <laughs> all the supplements, you know.
2: What's the thing that you get high thing when you eat shellfish and stuff like that? Uh-huh. Um, the um,
1: I'm not sure, I don't eat shellfish.
3: Mm. Oh, yeah, that's why you're not allowed to eat too much of stuff like that when you're pregnant, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like I eat shark and tuna and stuff like that. I love all that. I love sushi. <laughs> Japanese yeah.
2: people are very, very healthy.
3: But um yeah, I was I'm a, I'm a bit like you, Gerald. Yeah. Although I think a lot of that is it's a bit of a man thing as well. So like about 15 years ago, I ended up getting sepsis in my arm that I'd cut on a job. And it was like, I'll be all right, I'll see how I am tomorrow. I'll see how I am tomorrow. I'll see how I am tomorrow. And then I went. Um, so I think it is a bit of a man thing. Although I had a bit of a health scare a couple of months ago at internatally where I started getting these like sort of so I was getting headaches, um, sort of dizzy spells, a bit of confusion. I was struggling to focus on anything. Um, I was like, I had loss of grip strength in my little fingers, um, so that sort of, like you said before, it gets to a point where you think, shit, something's not right here. So I ended up having the absolute works done, so I had bloods upon bloods upon bloods, um, I had a CT scan, They had an MRI scan, um, I had my eyes tested, and everything came back clear, um, and all he could say was stress, so
2: well there's I'm no sure question sure. about that there's no question that stress uh creates all of those things you've described um funny if i remember what it was that the shellfish cause is um, which nathy doesn't eat is cholesterol high cholesterol so they did um at the they did ask me to go to um a test so to have a blood test So, as they said, they could have it and you didn't have to wait. It was NHS. I just did it. Anyway, so then I got a text. This was a couple, two or three years ago. I got a text saying that we need to contact you urgently uh, for the result of your medical. So I thought, here we go. So um, I phoned them up and they, They said, Oh, you have to make an appointment, you have to speak to the doctor. Can you do it tomorrow? I said, Yeah, well, what is the result? They said, Well, the doctor will tell you. So, anyway, I spoke to the doctor and he says, Yes, your cholesterol has gone up. Uh, So I said, Is that a bad thing? He says, Well, you're in your 70s. There's not one person in the world whose cholesterol doesn't go up every year when you hit 70. That's just a natural thing. In fact, your cholesterol is not even going up at the rate we normally expect. So it's good news. Although, Typical NHS send you a text
3: saying, you know.
1: And put the fear into you. Put the shit. It's the same
3: up. with me and my race scan. And then I rang the yeah. rang the doctors, the receptionist answered, Oh, I'm not qualified to tell you. You have to speak to the GP, but they've gone home. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah.
1: Thanks a lot. Interesting though, isn't it? You can be physically fine, like and all the tests come back clear, but you don't feel right.
2: Yeah.
1: But you this know, as the, soon as you is go
2: to, Yeah, as soon as you go to the hospital and they find something like a prostrate or something, they'll start doing this and that and then they'll give you uh, medicine uh, which will then lower your resistance to other things. Then you'll get something else. Once you go down that road, there's no getting out of it. So if there's more people die with prostrate than die of it. So I I know it's crazy, but I just don't want to go involved. I don't
1: want to get involved with all of those people. Uh, mm-hmm. unless I feel There's a lot of stuff good. I won't check for. I don't trust the doctors anymore. No. So, I'm um, good. I'll just yes. leave a bit alone. You know? Well, we keep your hearing horror healer.
2: stories. It doesn't help that we hear horror stories the whole time. No.
4: And your biggest healer is your own body at the end mm. of the day. Because, say, for example, you go to bed one night and then you've got this cut on yourself and you wake up and the cut has healed. You know, sometimes we underestimate the power of our own bodies as a heal, as a healer, as a healing thing. It that has it
1: has stuff in it for the reason for the for a purpose. It's supposed to heal itself. Yeah. This is the thing that I think people forget. Andy, yeah. what did you do to help clear your
3: symptoms? Haven't I mean, yet, yeah, because um, it's been coming and going. So since I first sort of had it a couple months ago, and I was quite bad with it again last week and the week before, and I ended up speaking to the doctor again asking if there's any more tests that I could have done. I thought, I've already gone down a rabbit hole, carry on. And I've, I've spoke to this particular doctor before, so I asked for her by name because she's the only decent one in there. doctor's book. um I had quite a long conversation with her, um, who said something dead obvious, um, but you don't always think of it. Because so I was like, well, it, it feels so, so physical, but you're saying it's just stress. And she's saying, yeah, but that's just how the brain correlates to the body. So when you're you're anxious or you're nervous and your heart rate goes up, that's a physical manifestation of your thoughts. But can work in the same way. I was like, well yeah that makes sense I suppose even though it's sort of obvious. Um so we just sort of rooted back around to the stress related thing. Um
1: have
3: you considered or any energy? So I'll sort of segue into know. a little bit of a chat about where I'm at with stuff. So I had an interview um, with a guy the other day who I think I've probably found my first engineer and I've got a second interview with him in a couple of weeks. Uh, he's been self-employed for 13 years. He's never ran the business properly. He's just worked his ass off and he's just had enough of it, basically. He's got a couple of kids and he's, he's in his 40s now and he's just had enough. So um, I've scheduled a second meeting with him, but also then penciled in the date of the 8th of January for him to start so I'm kind of rightly or wrongly so sort of leaning towards that as the the shifting point for me so that I can then catch my breath Mm -hmm. Um, so that's he's going to take up 90% of what I do and then some um, and then I'll be able to sort of start to give myself some headspace Um, I want to really like double down on my training and things like that. Um from that point as well. Um so that's as I say rightly or wrongly, I'm kind of putting a lot of my energy into the the knowledge that from the beginning of January, the the thing, the problem that I've got at the minute of wearing too many hats should be removed from me. Um and then I'm hoping things will naturally ease up by just doing some of this stuff. So I've been been mindful of other things as well. Been watching my caffeine. I've gone down to no more than two coffees a day. I was sort of four to five before. Um, drinking dropped back down again. It lifted a little bit, but gone back down again. Um, trying to be more mindful of my sleep. Boys are sleeping a bit better on the most part. Uh, so, other than, yeah, some more holistic type of stuff, um, which I, I haven't really got the time for at the minute. Um, I am really
1: sorry. you're not creating
3: <laughs> yeah. if, if I didn't have this again if something correctly or wrongly if I didn't have this scheduled start date in place and the reality is that I have to accept that what I'm you know I'm trying to move at speed and it is a seasonal business in terms of bringing in new clients it's a lot easier um come this time of year um and I have to roll with that and also factoring that this is probably the last time I'll have to do it, do everything for myself, so that, you know, in another six weeks' time, then that's going to be a pivotal shift, possibly the most pivotal shift since starting the business and, um, you know, getting it all set up. So um, That
1: was uh, one thing we are going to talk about today. Why is it... What's going on? Hello? Um,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. I've got feedback. How very strange. Has uh, disappeared. That's probably some energy thing going on. Um, one of the things I was going to talk about today was about things being for a, a short... Oh, fucking hell. Put your teeth back in. It's thrown me off. Something's got into my brain. It's just forever. So yeah. knowing that there's an end date to a period of time that things are more intense, where that has to be a priority for whatever reason. That's okay as long as you know and understand that it's going to change. The reason I asked about Reiki or energy was I've recently had, you know, I have issues with sleep too. and I had a Reiki session and the feedback I got from it just blew my mind. I was like, holy fuck, That how did you know that? And it's made me then question a lot of other things and that stuff that you can do Remotely, you don't necessarily have to sit and spend time. Um, So I'm now working with an energy healer to work through some stuff that isn't physical, isn't in my brain. There's something. And the more I've looked into this, I'm thinking, hang on, there is something to it. So that might be worth exploring, even as you go through this period, like probably even more as you're going through this period, because it's something that will be able to help you. It, you know clear your brain fog that's going
3: on as well like i'm just like i was thinking about this myself and i sort of um relate it to that sort of last last set in the gym kind of thing that's how i see it like because it's your last one you know you can do you can hit it 100 so i'm like okay it's another six weeks but there's going to be a massive massive shift in six weeks time mm-hmm. um and it's going to obviously then change um change how things are done so another thing as well is my new phone is on its way it'll be delivered anytime now which will have a personal number so I'm going to dual sim the phone this business this number will become a business number it will be instant divert to the VA um and again I see that as quite a pivotal shift and it'll be that I'm still a bit like oh who's that ringing checking if I know who it is but uh, I'll just I'll just switch that off completely instant divert in the evening as well evening weekend that's it now like because um it's just it's all the little bits that stack isn't it so it's you know you know not much sleep at night sometimes and a bit of this bit of that and I'm just thinking about too much stuff so um yeah so I can just I know the stresses will come in other ways because once this engineer starts, I know that's going to be the real.
0: You'll
3: be rewarded problems. with different problems. Yes. Yeah. So when I've got a, you know, an eight till four, thirty nine, you know, every single day, Monday to Friday and Saturday mornings, if required, engineer, then it's going to be a very different shift. It's going to the momentum's really going to pick up, and then I'm going to be looking to take second engineer on quickly. And then it's going to be at that point then where I'm going to start to look for an office and someone to go in. So it's going to be, I get it's going to be different problems, but mm-hmm. it's the wearing so many hats that I think is causing that strain on me. Because as I've said it again before, it's very difficult between to switch between field engineer and business owner because it's just so very different. Like uses, feel like it uses a different part of the brain. I mean, it probably does. Yes, it does yeah, so.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the the stress has to come out somewhere. It can't be contained. Um, When I was running ratners, I used to suffer from a very bad back, really bad. And I kept going into hospital and they injected stuff and none of it worked because I was under severe stress by the city who kept hiking up the forecasts of profits, uh, which I knew were going to be very difficult to meet. And if I didn't meet those targets, you they would turn on you, the, your investors, with venom. So you're on this, and you're in a goldfish bowl. Everybody's looking at you, and if you don't meet those targets, you know, you've failed, and you see what's happened to other people. So you're always terrified that you're not going to meet the targets. That gave me an enormous amount of stress that came out in a very really chronic back situation. Since I left, the back is, there's no pain no. in the back, hardly at all. It's just totally disappeared
1: someone sent me an image and was looking into energy and pain and lower back pain is linked to finances.
2: Right. So wow. that's
1: really interesting that you've said that. Cause... It was lower back pain. That's what it was, lower yeah. back pain. Yeah. Because um, you... I, I had um, neck pain, which was linked to stubbornness and not seeing the other side of the situation. And it did the day after I basically told someone to fuck off. Um. And it's not been back since but
2: when we were talking about being terrified of doctors or, or getting the wrong diagnosis i was being told that i had a physical uh problem with my disc and this and that i've got no problem with my disc or anything like that um it was all to do
1: with the stress yeah, it's so in, it does come out the of the body in one way or another it's all in your head
2: yeah so this is what worries Sorry. me about going to doctors and having I I came very close to a very big in those days they didn't have neurosurgery, a very big operation on my back, which would have been disastrous. Mm.
1: I don't need it. No. Um but it but we all face stress, you do so Helen. it's finding that outlet for it as well, because if it's manifesting in brain fog, dizziness, etc., you need to pull back to what's stressing me out. Why is it stressing me out? How can I release this energy that's inside me before you get the symptoms again?
4: Yeah. Meditating and journaling. That's what works yeah, for me yeah. most of the time. I was I was gonna ask Andrew, Andrew, do you do journaling ever?
3: We <laughs> just bought <bark>. <laughs> one.
4: Oh my god, that's brilliant. That's great. So Mom. I've I've got a question for you. You can put this in your journal if you feel it's right. And from what you were saying, what I picked up on, there's something in the holistic, there's a block there in the holistic side. So one of the questions I'd ask myself would be, what am I avoiding on the holistic front? So it could have been years ago, somebody told you, oh, this holistic stuff, it's a load of crap. And then just work your way through that question, you know, say, who told me that? When was the first time I heard that thing? And is it really true? And half the time you find out these things that we believe, they're actually a load of shit. They're always other people's beliefs that have been put on us rather than what we think deep down ourselves. And if you can get to that stage where more and more you're trusting your own beliefs and getting rid of everything that doesn't serve you, Then that'll
3: help you too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we work on this anyway, Natalie, don't we? Like, and we spoke about it a lot of times. And like the the reality that we live in is mostly bullshit and mostly cultivated. So, exactly. Yeah. So, what do you mean by that, Andrew? What do you mean by that? Well, let's maybe just take like money, for example, as you know, the classic one, isn't it? Of we're kind of, you know, we're cultivated to believe that especially in in the uk that you know you know you shouldn't have too much money and it's 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 wrong to have too much and there's people that need it and you know and obviously then that's sort of born from the 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 way we're sort of brought up not brought up like you know sent through the schooling system to you know and and taught the wrong things and you know all the bullshit that we get told via the the media and things like that and it's um it creates to be a part of the system. limiting beliefs. But it's like, and again, you know, people don't have to agree with me, but it's like on the, um, even on the, uh, got, got in the truck before, and the radio came on, you know, I don't usually listen to the radio, and it was saying about, you know, the average gas and electric bill is going to go up by £8 a month in, in January. And, and again, obviously, I'm biased because I've got my own business, but I just... Oh, so I see is, we well, just need to make more money. And I know not everybody can do that, but part of that is because people have chosen a pathway where you can't do that. So is, it, is, is it, it's not for me to have to worry about other people's choices because, again, I see that as part of the limiting beliefs. If somebody has a job where they can't then, you know, their mortgage goes up £200 a month and they can't generate £200 a month, then that's their choice to stay in that st- safe and stable environment of a job. You know, I'm, you know, like we've just been talking about, I'm burdening the stress of growing the business so that I don't have to worry about the stress of my mortgage going up two hundred pound a month, go up two thousand pound a month. It won't matter if I've got a seven figure business. That's that's my attitude on it. And that in the UK, I would say ninety five percent of people would say that's wrong. And that's a, That's you know, there's people people struggling to buy food at the end of the month and things like that. But and I get it's not always people's choice, but it a lot of the time it is. And a lot of the time it's because people won't break out of the limiting beliefs that they've they've took on board and whether that's a circle of people around them or, you know, their upbringing and et cetera, et cetera. But the
2: yeah, the government are trying to divide up a, a cake that's getting smaller and smaller, just like the example that you've given. But if you've got growth, if your business is growing, and that is the only solution to all of these things, yeah. then you can pay the higher mortgage, whatever it goes up. You can give the NHS all that money, but you can't. If you keep trying to divide up a shrinking cake, um, you're never going to have enough money. So the uh, the answer um, is, is purely to to grow the business. Yeah. My mm-hmm.
3: closest, yeah. closest friend lives down in Spalding near Peterborough. He works for Hotpoint. He's a gas engineer, but he works for Hotpoint. And to talk about the, you know, the the shrink, you know, the, the numbers of, of businesses. Hotpoint are on him because he's putting too many new parts on the appliances. And saying you need to try and fix them without spending the money on parts. And I've been saying to him for ages, this is going to be the start of the end because I know how businesses like that work. You've been with them for ages. You're a senior engineer. They're going to want to get someone who's cheaper to pay You'll just go out and do whatever needs to be done, not always make the customer happy. And I said, he's like, oh, yeah, but I don't want to risk my job. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but you, your wages haven't gone up in line with inflation, so you're earning less and less and less. You have a skill, or you're a gas engineer, fuck's sake. Go and make something of it. And it's took me a year to start, for him to start to listen because he's in the same boat as most of the other people, isn't he? He's like, oh, yeah, mortgage has gone up and this and that and the other. And he's like, home. He's had, he had another kid. Couple of years ago, she said, "Oh yeah, when he starts school, and I, I won't have to pay as much." And it's like, "Yeah, but you wait the two years for him to start getting his fees. Your wages have gone down because they've not gone up in line with inflation, so you're earning less than what he was before." But that's just the reality of most people. I mean. That's like of the mindset. Sorry, of most people, because it's that clinging on to the security of a job, which in reality isn't. It's false security, isn't it? It's like you feel secure <laughs> because you work for a big company but you're at the end of the day, you're just a number and you'll be gone and you're not the architect of your own destiny. And I love to coin that phrase because I hold it unbelievably close to me because you have to be the architect of your own destiny in this this day and age. Like you said before, yes, really? you, you can't, if your bills go up 500 pound a month, you just need to make more money. It's like, Oh, you shouldn't be buying coffees from Costa and another, another extortionate the expense. I get that. But it's the fact that they're saying, oh, no, you need to cut down on your coffees. It's like, oh, I'm not here to cut down on things. I'm here to fucking run. I'm here for a short term. Exactly. <laughs> Why should you deprive
1: yourself like, of things that you like to save money to pay bills? We're the only species that pay to live on this planet. Yeah, just, but it's, just it's not, not only
2: sp- about uh, the coffee and your private life. Um, I've always felt in my businesses, when I'm spending a lot of money, which you get criticised for, Then the businesses flourish. It's when you're cutting back that the businesses suffer. And and quite honestly, what you spend is a total irrelevance if you've really got massive growth in your company. If your sales are 20, 30 percent, it's irrelevant what you spend. You can spend a load on higher salaries, on advertising, on bigger cars, on it doesn't matter because you've got money coming in all the time. The problem you've got is when you haven't, when you, you
3: your sales are down. Like, I've got a bit of a thing, trainers, as of late. <laughs> I've probably done about, like, six, seven hundred quid in trainers the last couple of months. But that's nothing compared to the growth that I've been having. Like, so it's like, I've got people saying, like, like I'm saying, oh, are you wasting money getting on trainers? It's like, well, well, no, because it's something that brings me Where joy. I What's it to you? Go away. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of pairs of shoes I've got.
1: very nice
2: yeah have have you seen these swiss ones on no they're unbelievably you feel like you're not wearing any trainers they're they're so light they're very expensive they're swiss and they're called on fedra's got something to do with it they are the most comfortable comfortable Trainers that you've ever worn, and you know I do a lot of walking, and uh it's just fantastic. I might
1: need to get me some for my December running challenge. That's vastly speeding are, up. Coming you run day. outside.
3: You run outside, don't you? When you do your yeah, outside. these these are good. Nice. Like trail, oh. running. So you don't fucking break your neck. I, I use the I use these for high rocks because the grip on them is just unbelievable. Obviously, he was doing like the sled pulling and stuff, so we needed like maximum grip. Send
2: me the what they are, please. Thanks. These, these are these um, Swiss ones. Nice. Yeah.
3: They've oh, got me. the um, they're like a three D printed. It's got loads of holes in this the base, aren't they? Oh. Ah,
2: yeah, they've got all those holes. Which you get a yeah. bit of dirt in, they have to clean them. One hundred and fifty quid. Which That's is, not bad.
1: Well, it's quite really nice. I've spent a lot more on shoes. (laughs) But they are just...
4: £700 a pair. I've got... I
2: wear all black clothes to the
3: gym, so i have like, all black shorts, all black T-shirts. I'm always in black, but my trainers are always funky as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are the trainers black? No.
1: (laughs) Helen, what's going on in your world? So what's going on in
4: my world is a big shift. So it's like... Everything that I've had up to now, I'm at that stage where I've outgrown it and I'm in between that phase where new people are coming in and old people are going out. So my group, I put lots of really good stuff in that group and nobody's taking any notice. So there's either two things I'm going to do. I'll either close that group down or make it a paid group and get everybody out of there who isn't interacting or engaging or finding it of use Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day I'm at that stage where I think now you know this is me I know what I'm here to I know what I'm here to be I was hiding away from some of it before and only putting a few things but I think no now bugger it this is going to be the real me and the right people are going to come if they don't then they can go so it's a case of almost like burning everything down and starting
1: again Taking from experience and the lessons that you've learned and then putting that into what you do next is important. Yeah. So. So what is next? What are you wanting to create? What is this? You know who you are now. Okay. so
4: um, higher brand, more sophisticated brand. Um, looking at pe- people being the target audience, the, what like just like we, we what we were talking about, people who will do things, people who will take the action, people who will be needing what I have to offer them and say, right, I'm not going to hang on. I'm going to come on board with you now and we're going to sit down and make changes. So more of an action-taking public, more yeah. of a more successful public than what I've been used to before. Um people who really want to you know set the world alight not people who just want to plod on you know mm-hmm. i want to get a big group of action takers leaders women who are making changes not just in their own community but some of them could be on a worldwide scale mm-hmm. that type of person i need to react um
1: mm-hmm. attract and um, don't um, forget as well a lot of people they'll just watch and interact from mm-hmm. afar for a while and then they'll come on board because they've been watching your content and following you for a long time. I've had people that don't even press the like button on a post message me and say, can I work with you?
4: Right. Because they're always
1: watching. They're always watching. So just obviously putting the right stuff out will attract those people. They might not necessarily publicly say anything. Because I have people like think my one to one stuff. A lot Mm -hmm. of those people, they they don't they don't want the group stuff, and they don't actually openly engage in any of my stuff online.
4: Yeah, but then you're saying have all the options and stay open to them all. Yeah, that's making sense because they're going to come in through all sorts of ways to me yeah
1: so you want but you still want to be looking and tracking the you know your analytics and
4: yeah
1: how many people you're reaching um the the so Facebook now if you've got creator mode on you can check from your profile not a page um the insights like the the audience I did this yesterday um Uh 95% 95% of my audience are men.
4: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, over like 35. Like 30. Okay. Because I'm beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, I think, well, I'm putting stuff together. I'm gonna do a focus group to ask the questions, actually. um, Andy might get an invite to that. But I think a lot of it is there's different energy. So you've got masculine and feminine energy. And I go to the gym, I watch football, Um, I'm outspoken, but I'm also female. And a lot of men won't talk to another man about their issues, but they're comfortable to talk to me because I've got a certain energy. You've answered the question.
2: You've answered it perfectly. That's exactly right, what you're saying.
1: Yeah. So looking on that and I'm building on that to speak more directly to men. Um. I'm going to put together, like, business and banter for the boys um, and a, a different outcome and create that space where they can come and know that it's safe but masculine. You see, I would feel
2: much more comfortable talking to you about my weaknesses than talking to another man because he will judge me as a fear. He will say... Too. You know, I wouldn't do that, and I'm much better than you because you make those silly mistakes. But with a woman, you're not; she's not comparing herself to you, so mm-hmm. you can say anything. There, there's not this. Uh, when I talk to my friends, male friends, um, we're always competing in a way, although it's it's disguised. When you're talking to a woman, it's not; you're not competing. You can you can express mm-hmm. your weaknesses
1: comfortably without worrying. Yeah. So that's that's it. There's I don't maybe I don't need to do my focus group, as I've been told to do. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, like Ellen, look at your messaging, who's following, who's push pulling in. Maybe do that yourself. Get a group of your ideal clients together, yeah, and ask the question, you know, what is it that you need to know from them in order to make them paying customers and not just people who follow? Yeah, brilliant.
4: What do they need
1: from me? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, give people. You tell them you're giving them what they want, but you actually give them what they need. There is yeah. a difference. Yeah, people might see you as like. You need to make it so that they go. I need that from you. Yes. You make it so it's not just a. And I want like that I want more. I want, you know, I want more shoes. I don't need them. I want them. Yeah. So what is it that makes me go? that's a need I need those to wear to this event I know that's a bit of a yeah thing but it's like what's that product that you need I have a blood test to know that if my vitamin B is low then I need to increase my vitamin B intake yeah I want to learn to stand on stage and not fall fall about so I I need to do extra training and practice it's that Mm-hmm. that thing so you make it you turn that want into the need sometimes yeah.
2: you don't know what you want yourself if, mm-hmm. when Henry ford who invented the motor car he said if i asked my customers what they needed uh to get from a to b they'd say faster horses mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so it was up to him to explain that there's a better way uh, yeah but, you know, so, but but Natalie's 100% right, because it is all about knowing what your customers want. It's all back to algorithms and stuff like that. and yeah. then them. But maybe you should think about men as well, Helen, rather than just, because yours is a women's thing, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it is. But, yeah, I, I'm wondering, yeah, I'm wondering. I mean, I, do, I don't advertise, but, I mean, I will work with me. If, if a guy sat down with me and yeah. the energy felt right, and I could help him. I wouldn't turn him away. I'd work with him. Yeah. But...
2: Because you're cutting uh, half of your potential customers. You're, you're, you're um, you know... That, no, you're...
4: Should I do then a separate thing for men or just merge everything into one? Because <laughs> a lot of what I talk about is... Being from a woman's perspective, yeah, yeah. And like mm-hmm. a, a lot of this um, conditioning that's particularly affected the feminine over the years and that's part of my selling point
3: Yeah,
1: you could test not using the word female okay and see if that brings anything or any fresh faces in um it doesn't mean you have to change everything remember it's just for now not forever yeah and see if that creates something different that's what i'm doing until the end of the year is testing my messaging Okay. to see who who comes through like business and banter yeah. that, that is a very man thing yes yeah. banter like that, yeah. that word as an example um, and yeah. so just thinking about what what language are you using is it speaking to the people that you want to attract and just see everything as a test and then if it works great if it doesn't test something else I just think it's
2: all to do with fine tuning. It's not about radical changes, you know. No. In a business, it was simply a question of discontinuing stock that didn't sell and bringing in new stock to see if it did sell and totally tuning it the whole time till you end up increasing the amount of good lines and decreasing the amount of bad lines. And it is, it's not, I mean, what you've got is a very good thing because, you know, I know a bit about what you do. Uh, but it just, I wouldn't do anything particularly radical. I, you know, business is about developing over time, fine-tuning, and then yeah. you wake up one morning, sometimes six months later, a year later, and you've got it right. I mean, my I've been doing this speech for 20 years, and I've been taking out lines and putting in new lines over those years. I haven't changed the speech. No. Certain things that when I speak, I can see that they don't have... They don't work, and I take them out and put to try something else out. So it's been it's developed, so yeah. it's fine-tuned till you get it right. And I think that applies to a lot of businesses, your business, my business, Natalie's business. Yeah. Andrew's That's business. making sense. Yeah. It's not radical because you you don't not... want to throw away the dishwater with the baby or whatever. I got that wrong. The bathwater. Baby the water.
1: with baby with the bath Baby water. with the bathwater.
2: Um, yeah, you yeah. wouldn't want to put the baby in no. dish water the dishwater with <laughs>
1: dishwater. Well, lots yeah. of people wash their babies in the sink because it's small.
4: Yeah. yeah, I've I've got a little picture of a little photo of Julian in the sink. <laughs> I'm going to show him that when he comes back this year. So, <laughs>
1: it,
2: makes,
4: it makes sense.
2: So yeah, Helen, yeah. have good. you seen this um, Louis Thoreau interview with Joan Collins? No, oh, should gosh. I watch? I think you should, because the woman is 90 years old. She doesn't like to mention that. And um, she, you know, when they said, why don't you retire? She says, I've got a, you're worth 20 or 30 million pounds. She says, that's complete bollocks. I might have made 20, 30 million, but they didn't take Google. He said, well, I Googled it. He said, "Well, you, you, you haven't taken into account all my divorces. I've been married five (laughs) times. And she says, I know marriage works because I've been married five times. But the thing is, That she's got to keep a roof over her head even at 90 and she's saying that acting is such a frail delicate um profession that you have to have another stream of income and michael kane had restaurants and she's now has writing and this mm-hmm. is somebody who's like a national treasure ridiculously established and, yes. and and she's 90 years old and she's still fighting yeah she's still trying to earn a buck and she still realizes the importance of making money. And, yeah. And how she has to reinvent herself at the age of 90. Brilliant. It's quite. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Um, it, it, she really does. Embrace, and she still looks gorgeous at 90.
3: Because,
2: mm. you know, and she's still funny and she's still bright. Um, she's a bit of a diva, but, you know, she's entitled to be. Yeah.
4: Brilliant. I'm going to watch it.
2: Yeah, Um, but you know there are so many people out there that think that the world owes them a living, or that they don't have to work hard, or they don't have to duck and dive. And here's a woman of ninety who's done it all, and is still realizing um, that you you have to keep pulling rabbits out the hat. You still, and it's hard bloody going, and you Mm -hmm. get you get knocked back all the time. Yeah, Uh, but. But, you know, she's a fighter, and the trouble is there's a lot of – and I don't want to have a go at young people. There's a lot of young people that are just not fighters. They just – they don't want to work. They don't have the work ethic. Um, and and quite honestly, you have to be a fighter. You have to be somebody who won't give up to succeed. And what you're, you, you've are you got at the moment is a challenge, mm. which, which you've got to face head on.
4: Yeah, and I'm going to overcome it.
2: Yeah, you will, because you're tough <clears> – <throat> You're a tough cookie like Joan Collins. Um Thank you. but you know, and that's what you have to be.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I admire enormously. Then you've got on the other side that Louis Threw did the Pete Doherty one. Oh. and you've got the opposite where he he had everything. Yeah. Great looks, fantastic talent, wonderful girlfriend, Kate Moss, beautiful. He had the world. Mm-hmm. And what did he do? He he took heroin. Yeah you know he wanted to live he, because he could afford it and he had all this money he wanted to have the self gratification and pleasure mm. and he ruined his life because of it and mm. while Joan collins is a huge success he's a fat blubber <laughs> with no money and he looks he's ruined his looks got a huge double chin and he his health is an absolute abomination he can't he's only 45 and he can't walk um because he's weak
1: Mm -hmm. and that's a very good example it's it's a shame that money makes you more of what you already are so he had those traits in him already and chose to not better himself he, you know when you do that, I I believe you actively make that choice Yeah, true. I I used, I actively made choices, not heroin, fucking hell (laughs) Um, and you know even just drink drinking like that Magaluf lifestyle I actively chose that and then now I actively choose to go to the gym and do things like running challenges to better myself so everything is a choice you can either choose to make a success or and tweak and test and do things or you can choose to stay where you are yeah Yeah.
4: and I've noticed that with a lot of these people now the ones who are like sort of fizzling their way out it's like, you know, you only want to get to a certain stage, oh no I can't do this, it's too much of a risk and I need to be where I am and yeah, things will turn round and then the next year they're still in the same place as they were before Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah you've got to roll your sleeves up I don't know if you saw this this, uh, Prime Minister's Question Time and this Labour MP stood up and he said just a very succinct question. He said to the Prime Minister, why are 37% of young people in my constituency on the breadline? And the Home Secretary said under his breath, because Stockton is a shithole. <laughs> unfortunately, it came out. It was it was caught by the microphone. Oh dear. <laughs> you not wrong. Well, I don't know. Stop- Where's Stockton, anyway? It's, it's the north. It's the northwest. Yeah,
4: it's in Middlesbrough, isn't
2: it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I had shops there. It was actually, um, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough area. It's always been tough, you know. It's always been an area uh, that struggles. I wouldn't say it's a shithole. Maybe Sunderland is more of a shithole, but anyway. Yeah, that's <laughs> there are again. lots of them. There are lots of shitholes in the UK. Well, the thing is. You go up to Newcastle, it's fabulous. It's buzzing. It's a really uh, happening place um, because it's more affluent. And Stockton is not affluent. And that's why, as the MP says, 37% of the young people are in the poverty line uh, uh, because it is whatever anybody says. It's money that makes the world go round and it creates the happiness and the environment. And it is the misery of poverty that makes everybody so gloomy so you know all this talk about trying to be green and trying to do things for the environment and trying to have diversity and um inclusion and all that sort of thing and uh, it's not what makes people happy it's actually jobs succeeding um and that's why Stockton is is going through what it is doing because there you, know, you go down to the shops there they're all closed there's nothing going on there's no business and it's business that creates business.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right, should we wrap it up, Natty? I think that's a great place to end. Yeah. Helen, oh, lovely brilliant. to see nice you. To make money.
2: I hope we get a full yeah. house next week when uh, we're not competing. Who's that woman who um, is speaking with Rob at the uh, Wembley thing? Fern
1: Cotton. Oh, Fern Cotton. She's great, actually. I don't know what she's speaking about, but um, yeah. yeah.
2: Be speaking about, they've
1: maybe. got a good lineup. I can't remember the other people to be honest, but yeah, oh, great. I'm not...
4: So, i you coming here today. Yeah, Getting amazing. All that attention and
1: Mm-mm. yeah, Brilliant. You. glad thank to you. hear it. So, have an amazing day and we'll see you. Thank,
2: thank
1: you. You. Right, Cheers, see you. thank you.
2: Have a
0: good one. See you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with people you think it will help and stay tuned and subscribe for weekly episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube by searching for Natalie Arabella Bailey and join the Better Together for confidence and mindset Facebook community to improve your confidence, network, and life.